Why did I say? Stealing for myself. How did the first nigga go? Na 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 It's the same exact nigga written five years apart. One's the first one's in major, and the second one's in minor, but it's the same exact song. Which came first? The major. I'm sorry? The minor sounds more mature. More mature. More mature. It's amazing. Only you could tell me that it's like the highest compliment in the world. <laughs> the first one is called the Nigun Mitzpah. It was written in Mitzpah Nevo. I had Nigun Nevo. And I went back there and I wrote another nigga and so I had to call it, I'm not going to call it Nevo too, so I called it Mitzpah. And the second one? No, what? What's the second one? Oh, I, I just refer to it as the stolen. Uh, <laughs> the sto- you know, many times Rabbi Shlomo Karbach used to write, used to write um, very similar nigunim to each other. Like, listen, I'll show you guys something crazy, okay? Look mm-hmm. Tell me what song this is. What song is that? What song? What song is that? Huh? What else is it? It sounds very good. Yeah, same notes. Same notes. No, no, it's not like similar. It's the same exact ah, notes. It's not like close. It's the same the note. It. It's just a different tempo. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of those. He has a lot of those. Refactoring the code. I was going to say, he said, he said, when someone said to him, oh, that sounds exactly like, you know, your other ones, he said, brother, Everyone steals from me. I could steal from myself, too. <laughs> Same thing with Torahs like that. <laughs> well, no. Enkel Okenu is Enkel Okenu. Ten years after he died, someone took it and put the words... Oh, did yeah, yeah, he never did that. Yeah, yeah. okay. We have, a, we have a, an amazing piece. That uh, he gets annoyed when people ask him to play all of his old new names at a concert because he says, Oh, so sad you don't know the my newest ones are the highest. All my newer ones. Every time I write a new one, yeah. that's higher. And all I want to hear is this and that and this and that. It encapsulates the whole point of this Chabura. Basically, the whole point... Are there any more copies? Oh, they're still going around. Okay, good, 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 good. good. It also, in a very... In a very, uh, in a very real way, it also describes what we're trying to do with our Shul, with our Keilah, Mamash. Like, this is like... 
boils down to what, what we're busy doing here, switching from outside to inside. Switching from outside to inside. We'll see a lot of different concepts in this piece that we've been learning here for the last few months. It's, it's very, very key that, I mean, I, I'm sure some of you, remember a few weeks ago we were learning about the boy B'Shalom? Remember that when you turn around and you do the boy B'Shalom and, you turn, and basically what are you doing? You're, you're basically saying, I'm, move, you know, I'm moving into Shabbos. So. And then that Friday night, I saw the chaver that we're learning. I saw that, I mean, I tried not to look because I wanted to just maybe be in my boy B'Shalom. But sometimes you just want to see, like, are the, you know, what's happening, right? I always saw boy B'Shalom is like the like, like Korim on Yom Kippur. But that's what happens when you take learning and you don't keep it as a theoretical thought that's nice to dance with in your mind. Oh, it was different. It was different that night. And essentially, essentially, it should be like that uh, every time we daven, every time we learn. Remember what we learned this week in Parshat Vayigash, in the Parshat Shir, about Hashem created the Torah in a way that it's kind of hidden from me. It's not like the Baal Tshuva has to crack his heart open for that atomic power of the Torah to touch him and move him. But Tzaddik learns something, boom. But all of us, you know, we're more in Yehuda's backyard, in Yehuda's chatzah. And you have to learn, and then cry over what you learn, and then go for it, and go inside it. And that's, I hope, and I pray that we continue to do that with every Torah that we learn. And that's why that Friday night was, the davening is always gava, but that was just, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that boy Bishanam. Okay. I'll tell you an unbelievable medrash. There was a young man, sorry, this is the first time I, I, this has been ever... I just want to make something clear. This is the first time this piece has been learned since it was given over 47 years ago in San Francisco. So I just was like, I was just editing it late last night, so there's a few typos, I'm sorry. But that's, you should realize, that's an amazing, amazing thing, you know? So the first time this has been being learned since it was given over 47, was it 47 years ago? About 40, 48 years ago in San Francisco. It's pretty good, it's pretty cool. Okay, I'll tell you an unbelievable medrash. There was a young man who was out all night with his friends and would come back at four in the morning. His father said to him, it's beautiful that you celebrate with your friends, but I think you're wasting your time. Oh, no, no, I have a hundred friends and we have to celebrate. Well, the father said, you have a hundred friends? I have only one friend. You know what? Let's test this. Take a sword and in the middle of the night, go to your friends and tell them you got into a fight and you killed someone and you need a place to hide. <laughs> what a deep man, right? <laughs> he went to each friend, and not one of the hundred friends let him in. Anyone ever hear this midrash before? Yeah. Far out. I have to find it inside. This is so... We could stop here. Just think about what this midrash is talking about. This is so deep. This is so <laughs> mind-boggling deep. Like, who do you... You know, who do you mamish have? Who do you, who do you really, really have? So we like to say, oh, I got this chevre, that posse, that group, that said it's nice, but you know, I have my, my, my buddy, Naftali Kalfa, whenever we sit with, like, we'll have meetings and there'll be big businessmen there. So before the, you know, we get into anything that has to do with tachlis, he'll always say, I just want to know if I'm stranded and I got nothing and I need 50 grand tonight, I could call you? This is like before anything, <laughs> right? And if the guy's like, you know, says, oh, for sure. Then he'll like, <laughs> I think something he'll call him later that night and say, by the way, I actually happened today. <laughs> I want to see, like, I want to see who's really there. 
Call me anytime. Really? Really? Mamash? Call me anytime? I'm calling, I'm calling you right now. Can you, I think there's chairs in, in there. Guys, the Gabbai has come in. We have to... Uh, we have to. <laughs> Rabbi, is it you? Come on. I'm sorry? As a Jew, should you not say things like that? Call me anytime. Should I say call me a bit, you know, between 8 a.m. and... As a Jew, as a human being, I don't know what the difference is. Uh, I don't know. That's my point. That's what I'm saying is that we say these things all the time. We use the language all the time. The point the father was trying to make, the point the father was trying to make was that if you, you want to see, you have guys, yeah, you have whoever you go and party with. That's how you're there together. What about, what about when you're down in the dumps? So what, why is he saying this? Look at the next sentence. Everyone's talking about peace. It's all outside stuff, and it's all outside people. Now, this is a this is terminology he would use all the time. It's funny. When I was growing up, my favorite show was actually called Inside Stuff. You remember Inside Stuff yeah, with Ahmad Rashad? And, and Lil B. Yeah. Dude, shops mornings. And I was like, I like shops I watched the reruns. <laughs> Inside stuff was like the NBA magazine. Oh my gosh. It was like the whatever. <laughs> okay, let's let's regroup. It's just like this. Everyone, guys, guys, everyone's talking about peace. It's all outside stuff, and it's all outside people. Zatomeret. When you even hear the words Baruch Hashem, they don't say it anymore. In, in they use it much less. There was this these two words that were being said throughout the nineties in Israel. And even the beginning of the, of the 2000s. And that was called Talich HaShalom. There, no, there was never a greater perversion of, of a word before, ever, which is called the peace process. It is the most outside, term, outside usage of the, of the holiest inside word. It's the holiest inside word. It's God's name. And it's being used in the most outside context. Amash outside. So we actually use a little bit of that wording every Shabbos when we say Shabbat Shalom. Oh, really? Is it? Is it? Is your Shabbos Shalom? Is your Shabbos inside? Or is your Shabbos outside? So he says the people in the world that are talking about peace, Kivyachol, <coughs> are outside people using outside language, not Pninyut. Real inside dibur, inside stuff. I can't, now I can't stop thinking about a, about a mad. Inside stuff. Is that why there are certain groups that take good Shabbos as opposed to Shabbos? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I know, I don't, I don't think so. Right, because they're, they're like, because they don't want to exaggerate. They're like, it's good Shabbos. And my goal is that there'll be, it'll be shalom. I don't know. Maybe subconsciously. I don't know. I don't know. It's good. No, but we should say Shabbat Tava, yeah. Okay. In 1969, two little holy hippies asked me to marry them. They really had no money. They had the wedding in the village in a broken down house. All they had to eat was two boxes of matzah and tuna. What a wedding. I had invited one of the neighbors of the house love and prayer to see what a real wedding is. This neighbor's father was one of the biggest millionaires in the jewelry business. At his daughter's wedding, he spent $50,000 on flowers. Mm-hmm. Now, 
fifty thousand dollars in nineteen sixty nine is like three hundred thousand. You understand, right? Flowers alone. Just just flowers, just flowers. Um, at his daughter's wedding, he spent right. The only sad thing was that it lasted for just a few weeks, and then it was over. It was love at first penny. She was rich, and he comes from a rich family in Canada. Where was the inside? Now I've seen, I've seen weddings like this. I've seen bar mitzvahs like this. I've seen brises like this. Nobody came for the bride and the groom. Everyone came for business connections. This millionaire, this millionaire, a cute wedding, outside, not inside people. The whole world is divided into the inside people and the outside people. Outside Jews and inside Jews. Some go to big synagogues and do everything right. Then you can come into a broken down synagogue in Yerushalayim. The walls haven't been painted in 200 years. Maybe it doesn't smell so good, but geval the davening. Inside. I just want to say the ultimate is when it's both together, right? There's no Indian that it should be looking like this, but if the circumstances, whatever they are, don't provide for you glory, which is what we're trying to do with, with our shul, beseder, you could still be an inside thing. We get some of the highest dominance in a basement to convert it into a shul. <clears throat> That's a great example. Our shul was on fire. That's a great so example. Noach Rosenberg... He still can't wrap his head around davening anywhere else but the, but the shul we had down there. Because of what was bouncing off the walls. It was, a, it was, it was two 50-meter base, basement apartments. But inside. Inside. And this is the whole chiluk. This is the whole chiluk. Again, the last thing he said here was... Um, but right before the last thing, he's like... When I said before, I've been to weddings like this. I don't know if you have, but have you ever been to these functions where a holy thing, a beautiful, a special thing is happening? But you could see that no one came for, what, for the real reason of the simcha. But what? I have to make an appearance. How could I not make an appearance? People go to shears like that. I, I have to show that I came. What about the Torah that was being told over? Right? Whatever, that's, if I, that's a luxury if that happens while I'm there. I have to make sure, I have to make an appearance, I have to make an appearance. You know what's so beautiful about, about there's many things, many beautiful things about Rabbi, about Rabbi Riskin. When he was younger, so we would see him every night at Simcha after Simcha after Simcha after Simcha. He had to. Mamash, every bris. You know, remember how he used to walk every Shabbos to every Bar Mitzvah? <coughs> he used to come down to us down here. Every Shabbos. His wife said, I mean, we would say to him, my uh, he lives by the tan, by the shopping center. He said, "My wife told me until the zeit, no Tamar or or, or Dagan. <laughs> Thank God for his sake, Tamar and Dagan were only built <laughs> later. Because if they were built twenty years ago, he'd be for sure. He would, for sure he would. What's the point? But my Riskin does it. He doesn't come. He doesn't come to make an appearance, even though that's what it may seem like. The chief rabbi is coming." When he's there, he's, he, and he speaks, he's making a connection to what the simcha is. Mamash. You have those that come in, give the gefilte fish handshake and leave. You've seen those, the, those things. But, but there's, again, if I'm coming to, from an inside person, coming to an inside affair, I, I, I find out who the chatan and kala are, even if I don't know them. I even find out what their names are. I even want to know something about it. I want to, I want to know something inside. That's what Shlomo was discussing 
inside engagement as opposed to outside engagement. Listen to what Reb Nachman says. When does an outsider become an insider? When do you do the switch? How do you become this kind, of, this kind of person? The switch is Shabbos. How does the switch take place? All week long I believe in God. But on Shabbos, my believing in God is so strong. I want to be cl- so close to God. I'm, I myself am coming inside. Like we learned a few months ago. Okay, now and go. Go where? Get out of the week. Go. First word of Kabbalah Shabbat. Walk into something completely different. Completely new. I'll tell you what it is. It's a little bit heartbreaking that we still don't daven together every day because it's easier when you just see people on Shabbos and you only daven in the place uh, you daven on Shabbos, on Shabbos. Because it's easier to like, kind of be like, I'm moving into a new place. The whole chokhmah is, can you do that even when you're davening in the same... I guess in the new shul, Beit Midrash and Rein Nachon. So it still happened to a certain extent. But even to see people only once a week. So it's a little bit easier, but this switch coming an outsider to an insider happens on Shabbos because I am going... <coughs> I'm going somewhere else. I'm coming inside. All these words I'm using are describing, like we said a few weeks ago, I'm changing my address, boys. I'm changing my address. And, and if it's up to me, it's not for 25 hours. It's forever. Yom Shekulo Shabbat. That's what we refer to as Yom HaMashiach. If it's up to me, it's always. I'll take the 25 hours, because that's what's given to me right now. On Shabbos, my emuna, my believing in God, goes into the deepest, deepest depths of me. And it also lifts up all the outside moments I had this past week. This is an important nikuda. Shabbos isn't only that now everything is holy. Shabbos kivyachol does tshuva for whatever was in the week that was shvach, that was maybe on the outside, and it lifts it up. All the good things I did that didn't really penetrate my insides, I did holy acts on an, as an outsider. When I tune into the premius of Shabbos, all the holy acts I did during the week as an outsider get lifted up as well. Now, what does that mean? Holy acts that I did during the week as an outsider. Give me an example. This morning's Tanya. Today's Tanya. Straight out of the Tanya. Yeah. There are things that are, that are um, uh, obligated of you and things that are allowed to, for you to do. They're, both of them are right. Neither of them are unholy, but you have to elevate them with Kavana. So gi- but give an example of an act, a holy act that you do as an outsider. What else? Throw a few others with Open a door for somebody. What else? Holy acts as an outsider. I'm parenting, but it's not penetrating my it's not penetrating my insides. I forgot it. Maybe sounds being an educator. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a kavzchuta. <laughs> sometimes educators are on the outside. Mamash. Truth is, you know, it's getting better. It is getting better compared to where things used to be. It's getting better. Still no, nowhere close to what our children deserve. Nowhere close, but, but, it, but it is getting better. Good job. Pays the bill. Imagine 
he, he, he explains this very, very, very clearly. Imagine you're walking down the street and you see a drunkard and maybe he's starving and give him a dollar. This act should carry you for a lifetime. Deep, deep words. This act, this holy act of giving a drunkard tzedakah so that he could eat should, it should carry you for your whole life. Why doesn't it? Why doesn't it? Why don't we fly, fly in a pure, non-Gaivedic way when I give a poor man some money? There's a lot of things that interfere with that connection. Just focus. Let's choose one. One thing that... that I'm this way and this person is, you know, a nebuch and like the fear of even stepping close to this person... You know, no, no, I'm saying you did that. You did the act. <clears throat> yeah, no, so I'm why saying, don't you walk out of there connecting to, to, to what may have happened, which is you may have saved this person's life. You may have changed the, the fear of connecting to somebody who is so much like me and at the same time living so differently. Wow. You're so, you took it so much yeah. deeper yeah. than what I thought. You gave him, let's say, you move on with your life. Yeah. But you're giving no, no, it to him no, almost no, so he no. blows away from you. Like if a lot you, of times, some of these when people give them the money... But you just want them to move, keep moving. Yeah. You don't want them to stick around. It's, like you said, it's like yeah. your part. When you give 50000 to a show, that might carry you for the rest of your life. You'd be surprised. You You'd be surprised, no, no, actually. I, I understand. Every person, but it's relative to what the, what the value is for the person. Yeah. I've seen people give $50,000 to a shul, and it's nothing. And I've seen, right, and I've seen a person give $2. Listen, when we, were, when, we were, when we were fundraising for the shul, which, by the way... We still are. But when we were doing the campaign, you would see the simcha on, on children when they would do a stand and they would raise, like my niece and my, my daughters would raise, I don't know, 27 shekel or something, right? Whatever it is. But it wasn't just the simcha that they got. It was the simcha that we got off of their experience of being engaged with the mitzvah of building a shul, Right? So the more I allow myself to be in tune with the actual mitzvah that's taking place, the more that the number is kind of irrelevant. But we're always measuring ourselves. We live in a world of instant gratification, and the gratification here is an instant. Instant, and if it's not, we, right. Not, we, we, give, we get more from giving than actually from, from receiving. Even though we're, we, looking for, we're looking for that getting when we right. give. It's and more, the Rebona Shleim says, wow, you missed the whole point. Right. You missed the whole point. Because the real, the real giving happens when I give you after you gave someone else. But your kli is so constricted and finite that you haven't even tapped into what it's really all about. And that's why our Shabbos is our jokes. Sorry, the jokes. More, the more that you're doing something consistently, that shikha, right, that, that makes it that... You Less, the yeah, you lose the excitement. Davening every day, Shabbos is every day, giving a... Drunk guy, a dollar. Every day. So right. It's the same guy in America, in LA, it's, it's everywhere. But, you know, they'll come up to you by, when, you're, when you're by the light, by the traffic light, right? Tel Aviv, that was there this week. Yeah? Every light. Mamash. Every single wow. light. By Mamila, there's a spot. Yeah. All light now. The same, same guy. Really, okay. I guess, it, can I throw something out there real quick? If it's, real, if it's relevant it's to this, yeah. It's relevant regarding Tzedakah and giving Tzedakah. So I went to a shul in Rechavia, like maybe six, seven years ago. And there was this little old man and the shul was closed. The lights were off. I went in to put on my tefillin. It's like 11 or 12 in the afternoon. 
This little old man comes in and he says, Slicha, ain't li klum. Klum. <laughs> Me, you know, I'm sparty when it comes to that, so I'm like, here's a hundred shekels, you know? And then he's like, Atalo mevin, ain't li klum. Okay, here's another fifty. Ain't li klum, he starts yelling. <laughs> He starts yelling, wow. Ainley Gloom, Ainley Gloom. Wow. He's like this little guy, little bald guy. And I, and, and I said, okay, I took out another 200. And he's like, Ainley Gloom, Gloom, Gloom. And I'm like, oh my God, bro, what do you want me to do? Empty my wallet? <laughs> okay. I gave him another 100. Finally, he turns around. He goes like this. Goes in his pocket. Pulls out a stack of cash like this. A stack. I'm not exaggerating, and I exaggerate. Like this. Stack. <laughs> and I see him take all the money I just gave him, and like he's kind of like hiding it from me. He puts it in. Puts it in his pocket. And he just walks out. Doesn't say thank you. Doesn't say nothing. And that was the trippiest experience I've had. <laughs> We'd stuck on a long, 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 long. How does it make you feel? When I saw him with the stack, I almost fainted. He's handing it out to all the poor people in your shalom. Right? Well, it could uh, be. It could it be. Who, who knows who he was or what it was, but it was such uh, conflicting. Oh, my. It happened. It listen. Conflicting. It happened to me in Chicago. I was in, uh, I was staying by David, by David Hartman, and I davened by Eichenblatt. Is that what it's called? Eichen. Big, yeah. And I see a guy going around in Meshulach, right? Then, right, then I saw him in the Air Austria's business lounge on my flight <laughs> later, later in the day. <laughs> Mid-90s, remember the woman with the red strings oh on the way down yeah, to the coast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people used to say she had like eight apartments. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask for the but money. You know what they Beforehand, you used to have like, you know, a rich person. Before you get, get a servant, then you have to give it to that level to luck. So maybe he's, <laughs> he's just to trying to live up to the right, halacha's uh, standards. For, <laughs> really good. That's probably yeah. exceptions anyway. Yeah, nachon, nachon. But, How did you but, feel when you saw him in that lounge? You know what? I felt like Hashem was saying to me, it's like looking at me like, Okay, go judge him. Go for it. It's all you didn't. You feel amazing when you gave him hundred dollars or whatever, fifty bucks or whatever the miser from the night before the concert was. Didn't it feel amazing? There is now guy. judge him, right? If you have a veer who falls, then you're supposed that's, to... that's what he was saying before. Right. Yes, he was saying, but that's not. That's not the. <laughs> But that's exactly what you're saying. It, uh, it's a mitzvah. It's it a mitzvah. The mitzvah not has nothing to do not with the mitzvah has nothing to do after with afterwards what you find out or what you don't find out. It may give you an indicator for where you want to give your tzedakah next time. Right. I hope you never give him again for that for for the reasons you kind of you know subconsciously we're, we're saying in the story. But it, has, it should have nothing to do with your giving. But you see, I give tzedakah every day. I can give it like an outsider. I can learn Tanya Yomi like an outsider. I can do everything like an outsider. This switch of, of doing things with pnimius, even, sm- even small acts, like opening a door for someone, should essentially carry me through the whole day. Now I want to go forward. The sad thing is, you give this drunkard a dollar, the, the second line of the bottom paragraph. The sad thing is, you give this drunkard a dollar, you walk away and you feel nothing. You see what it is? 
A lot of people really do good things in the world, but it doesn't change them. You make Aliyah. You can make Aliyah like an outsider. You can keep on living in Eretz Yisrael as a proud Zionist, the most outside connection to the land. What's their problem? They weren't doing it on the inside. Everything's on the outside. So Reb Nachman says, if that week your Shabbos was Mamish An, so suddenly what you did during the week becomes inside. You, you elevate. This is an amazing thing. You el- the mitzvahs are like hanging. They don't have wings. The mitzvahs you did during the week as an outsider, it's a mitzvah. It doesn't have wings. It doesn't have wings to ascend. But then you go in <coughs> into the penimius of Shabbos and you set you Kabbalah, Kabbalah Shabbat, the inside day, the day of connecting to the roots, it's like retroactively brings up everything you had from before. Listen, this is an important teaching of Rabbi Nachman. It's based on, you could say it's based on the following story of the Baal Shem Tov. If you're not feeling davening at all, you don't feel it. What do you think Rabbi Nachman Breslov would tell you to do? Try your hardest. No, I would say, I would think he would say, so listen, God wants you to be real. Don't daven. I would think maybe I can come to that conclusion. Obviously, it's not what Rabbi Nachman says. He says, still daven, even if you feel nothing. Really? Yeah. Why? Because eventually, he says, there'll be one moment of tefillah that you pierce Shemaim, and then what that will do is that that has the wings to then carry on it all the other tefillahs that didn't have wings. So basically, you're just, you're going to carry yourself, Rabbi Nachman says. So listen to this deepest depth, is that we know the story about, about, about the Baal Shem Tov when he walked into a shul once that was empty. He walked, the Baal Shem Tov one time walked into a shul, the shul was completely empty, and uh, he's told his chassidim, oh, we can't walk in here, there's no room. They said, Rebbe, what are you talking about? There's no one in here. <laughs> he's like, you don't see what I see? He's like, what? He's like, there's hundreds of years of tefillahs <coughs> that never went up. I can't even get in here. It's so tzafuf in here. So they had to do such a davening to lift up all the tefillahs that were before. And so essentially, what Reb Shlomo is saying here, this is what happens on Shabbos. When Shabbos becomes so much more than I have to go to shul, I have to eat shulent, I have to have that l'chaim, I have to see that person. I even have to have that chavrusa. No, you get to have that chavrusa. I have to do that. I have to speak like that. When, it, when, I, when I function differently, Tuesday's tzedakah that I gave to that person that meant nothing to me and I forgot about it, goes up to the place that really, in its premius, it belongs. That's why I stopped saying I, I caught Mincha. Chas v'shalom. Mincha okay. caught you. Yeah, where can I catch a Mincha? People say, people Nowhere. Say all the time. Nowhere. I'm not catching Minchas. Catching Mincha. Shem Yishmar. Listen to this story. This story blew me away. I'm the, I... I haven't decided if we're going to publish this or not because it may be too out there. Listen to this. The Baba Rebbe came to America in 1946. My twin, my brother and I were very taken by him. Yeah, he had a twin brother? Yeah, and he, he, had, a twin, so yeah, he, he died, had a twin. He had a twin brother that died four and a half years before him at the age of 65 from heart, also the heart condition. Yeah, I have a, I'll show you a picture of him. <laughs> he looked, they, looked, they really looked alike and they had their own secret language. Reb Shlomo said, if you see me walking down the street and they don't come up to you and give you a hug and a kiss right away, it's my brother. <laughs> okay. Um, at that time, this is the Baba Rebbe comes to America. At that time, there were only 15 to 20 followers. You know what Baba is today? The Baba dynasty with Baba of today. 
One Friday night, one of the chaver there had a baby, and he wanted to visit them. And for Shalom Zacher, the Rebbe wanted to visit him for Shalom Zacher. Um, he lived, the Rebbe lived on 87th Street, and the person who had a baby lived on 102nd Street. So anyone who knows, which he really should say, anyone who knew, because it's not like this that much anymore, but back then, anyone who knows Broadway from 87th to 102nd is not the most exclusive neighborhood. Dope addicts, prostitutes, thieves, it's a low neighborhood. It looks a little bit ugly. <laughs> when we walk with the Rebbe on Friday night, every drug addict, every prostitute, every drunkard looked like the Holy of Holies. Broadway looked Shabbosdick. Crazy. Suddenly we were all inside. Inside. Imagine you go for a walk and it looks beautiful. But you walk with someone you love very much, it becomes even more beautiful. Why does it look more beautiful? Because you're inside. By an inside person, everything looks more beautiful. See, on the outside, Shabbos is like every other day. On a physical level, Shabbos looks exactly like Wednesday or Thursday. No? Does Shabbos look different? No, but yes. But yes. But it definitely can and should. So the whole world believes in God. But the problem is, it's not on the inside. It doesn't affect their doing, their stealing, their killing. Not only does it not affect them, while they're killing and stealing, they're praying to God. It's a famous piece in the Tanya. It's a famous piece in the Gemara about Ganva be, uh, what's the lashon there? Ganve be ape be machtarta, that even while a, while a thief is stealing, he's saying, please Hashem, don't let me get caught. <laughs> now, does he believe in God? He believes in God. How, so how could you do that if you believe in God? Because you believe in God like an outsider. If you can actually talk to God while you're stealing from someone, it doesn't mean you don't believe in God. It just, believes that, it just means your experience of believing in God is the most outside thing in the world. You know, Rebbe's that are giving over Gemaras, right? In Cheder or wherever. It doesn't happen, I think, as much anymore. But you could whack a kid while you're saying, what is Rabbi saying to Rava? You could actually say those words. Does he not believe in Masorah, this Rebbe? 100%. Does he not believe the Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Mount Sinai? Yes, he believes it. And does he believe in the chain of Masorah? Yes. But it doesn't affect anything about his Pnim Yisalev. If you can whack a kid while you're talking about Abaye and Rava. Third line, it's like walking up to a girl saying, I love you, and you kick her. Make up your mind. You love me or you hate me. On an outside level, you can do both at the same time. Shabbos is only the inside. Shabbos is the inside of the inside. Shabbos is mekor habracha. Shabbos is the roots of all blessings. Why is it that when a flower disconnects from its roots, it stops growing? And why, when it's still connected to its roots, it's growing? Simple. You have to be connected to the roots. Your roots are your insides. Without roots, you're outside. And if you're really outside, you stop growing. This seems like a very simple paragraph. This is one of the strongest paragraphs in this piece. It's very simple. Are you okay with where you're at in any area of your Yiddishkeit? Any person on the inside will (coughs) never, ever, 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 ever say yes. Ever. Never. 
Many people can answer yes, and it's the most dangerous thing in the world. That means you're okay with being plucked away from your roots because you only grow when you're still connected to your roots. This is the laws of nature. This is how it is. So as long as I'm connected to my roots, which means I have to be, where are the roots? Where are the roots? They're buried inside the ground. You don't even see it. So you have to be connected to a place deep inside of you that no one can see. It's a part of your Yiddishkeit that no one will ever know about. No one will ever find out about it. No one's ever going to know. It's, a, it's, it's doing a seal mashas and no one knowing about it. Can you imagine that? <laughs> like the, the, the equivalent, I'm saying, of such depth. Can you, I mean, I, I, it's, of course, you can't really do a seal, but you could, but there's an Indian to Dafka do a seal, whatever, but I'm saying... It's doing such amazing things and never anyone finding out about it. Being connected to your roots is a process that's happening deep, deep inside. You can't really explain that and give it over. This is what Shabbos is all about, connecting to your roots again because you want to keep on growing. I never want to say, I'm good with where I'm complacent. I'm good with where I'm at. How are you as a father? It's really good. It's really working. What kind of a out? What kind of a what kind of nivel pez? That's that's worse than saying a four letter word. Mamish. How's your shul? How's your shul? How's your community? Oh, it's good. It's working. It's working. It's working. That's what that's what community came to. It's come to. It's working. Everyone, the, the zmanim of the minyanim of the youth and the hashkama, it all it works because they finish exactly here and they go here. And this is what it is. You were, I don't remember exactly how it goes. Something about a movement. Like once you've got it established, it stops moving. Oh, Judah Michelle, Rav Judah Michelle. Every every institution that becomes a movement, the first thing it does, it stops moving. <laughs> every movement, it stops moving. What were you going to say, Yeshua? That's very deep. You know, the Epshlom of the Torah and the Makor of Bracha. Where's the first time you find someone giving uh, another person a Bracha in the Torah? A person giving another person a Bracha in the Torah? A father giving a Bracha to his son? We don't see Avram giving Brachas to Yitzchak. Where's the first time? It's that whole episode in Toldot, right? How does that parak start? How does that parak start? Huh? Yitzchak's blind. That's how that whole parak starts. Yitzchak becomes blind. The Pshischer says, we see from here that to really give a, to be connected to bracha, you gotta, you know, like we said a few weeks ago, the world says, open your eyes, wake up. It's not true. Close your eyes, wake up. Roots, roots. Not all you think it has to be like this. Okay. 
Um, but bottom paragraph, bottom paragraph. He says, okay, you want to understand deeper if you're an outsider, an insider? Check it out. If you're an outsider, you say, I'm not permitted to work. <coughs> Where could I catch Mincha? Same, same Inyan. I'm not permitted to keep my store open. Listen, I, I would, but I'm such a holy Jew, I, I'm not permitted to. But if I'm really Shabbos Dick from the inside, it's not that I'm not permitted to work. I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything. During the six days of the week, I have to change everything. There's wood, I have to make a table out of it. I have a dollar, I have to make two dollars. But on Shabbos, everything is perfect. What was the language we used a few mo- last month for this? On Shabbos, everything is perfect. Kol melachtel asuya. Everything is already done. Everything is done. You go into Shabbos, there is no dollar to be made because you have every dollar you need. There's nothing you can do. It's on hold. Right, I'm on hold now. But he says over here, look, an outside person can't experience this perfect, perfectness, perfection, right? There's no perfection on the outside. Why? Because on the outside, you could always make something more perfect. This reminds me of musicians in studios that sometimes, why do they become so kooky? Because there's never, ever a mix that suffices it. There's never that mix because they always hear, I could do it better, I could do it better. It must be like a Shabbos moment when you're like, this is it. This is what it should be. On the outside, you, you should ask Ronnie about Thriller okay. with Quincy, that moment where they knew, because there was 25 mixes of a bass line until they, till they got to the right one, I think. Okay. Just on Thriller. Mamash. Try and get him here next Thursday. An outside person can't experience this perfect. There's no perfection on the outside. <laughs> On the outside, you could always make something more perfect. An outside person closes their store before Shabbos. They eat chicken soup and read the Jewish press. Shabbos is over at 8.25 and you're back in the store. Inside Shabbos is that when I close my store, I say goodbye to my store. I'm never coming back here again. That's it. I'm not taking a vacation into Shabbos. I'm moving into Shabbos. So... Obviously, these are very. This is a very exalted level to be able to really, you know, the things that kiviachol make you who you are, your profession, and everything. And look at that on Friday and say, "Okay, thank you," and not "I'll see you Motzei Shabbos," but it's basically saying, "This has been great, but I'm going into a much more meaningful world right now, where it's perfect. Maybe I'll see you again. Maybe I won't. Hopefully not." Hopefully not. Yom me'ein olam haba, yom Shabbat menucha. The taste of the world to come is the taste of Shabbos. In the world to come, there is no such thing as outside. There's no such thing as outside. It's, it's, it's pnima. Everything is inside. Now, again, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm just want to like... Even the chavah that don't live here, you're part of Shirat David. You are. What we're trying to establish here is this. This. This is the whole... If someone asked me, like, what is the... Like, doing a mission statement for the shul is almost impossible. Because it's, it's the things that you can't really describe. What? Aleinu Shabbat. Those two k'tayim are the missions. It's the Jewish mission statement of what we're about. What any is about. 
The fact of the matter is, if I may say so, the challenge is because so many of us come from America, which is the capital of outsideness, of outsideness, is that we've never encountered this language before, not in our Yiddishkeit, not in our... Nobody talks like this, at least, you know, outside of this room. Nobody... <laughs> and so it's a different Lushan. We're not... We're, you know, it's like what Shlomo used to say about... Uh, 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 you're using your mind from the six days of the week. You need to use your Shabbos mind. It's a different type of It's not of just thinking. America. It's a switch. It's not just America, of course unfortunately. Not. But I'm saying if that it was just way. America, then the moment we were here... It would all be okay. It's, it's so much more. It's so much it's, more. It's, it's, it's not. No. It's I don't know. It's not just Americans or America. Of course, it's louder there because it's the it's the it's the capital of outside. It's true, but it's the whole world. It's the mitz. I'm saying about mitzvahs. What he's saying over here, you can do the holiest mitzvahs in the world in Eretz Hakodesh mm. in the Kodesh Kodashim. Yeah. Listen, the, the, in, the, in, the, in the second temple, was there a Beis HaMikdash? Like I'm saying, in the same with the yeah. Yes. Who was going into the Kodesh Kodashim in the second temple? The most outside people that ever existed. That's right. That's why they never lasted one year. Mamish. So I think it, the world, like what, what am I saying? I want us to stay in Eretz Yisrael forever. And Pnimi level. Like, Bemet. And that means you have to be continuously connected to roots, which means we have to do root work, which means our relationship to Torah and mitzvahs has to be beneath the surface. It has to go deeper. We can't come to shul because people go to shul. That cannot be the reason we open the doors. That can't be, it cannot be part of the shul. I go to shul, why? Because I went there last week and I like the davening there. Oh my God, it's so hard for me to hear that, even though I'm happy about it. It's such a weird thing. Of course I'm happy people like the davening there. But I would love for it to be, like what the whole picture is, is that it's, <clears throat> it's that the way I relate to every part of my life shifts through being part of this keilah, being part of it. The way my Monday is affected. My Monday. How? Well, he said it. If my Shabbos is really bemet pnimi, then all those random acts of holiness I do during the week get uplifted from last week, but it also sets the stage for next week. It sets the stage for next week. And um, that's why I feel so honored that we could learn teachings like this, which, again, you realize, this was not, these Torahs, almost every teaching we've done in here on a Friday is stuff that was brought down Anywhere from 30 to 60 years ago, and never, and never seen, never taught before, never learned. It's our schut, it's our privilege. Now, what's so sad is that for most of the Jewish world, if they walk in here and see 25 guys sitting so intensely, and you say, what are you guys doing? You're saying, we're learning. Then they look at the text. You could look at this as an outsider and start laughing. <laughs> what is this? And maybe some of you are a little bit doing that right now, too. It's okay. That's the point. If you haven't been learning, to learning this way, learning? It's, it's, a whole, it's a whole different thing. Where is the learning? This is learning? Amit, this is learning? So, what you say is that in the heyday, when, when the happy minion, and yeah. where 
The ten, the ten, right? Yeah. Actually, so, yeah. so, so David <clears throat> with David. David uh, Zeller, Oliver Shaman. Which yeah. I, th- I think there's a short name for him. No? Shirad David. <laughs> so why not? Why not? <laughs> anyway, so the thing what I mentioned is that he was a master of meditation, and like when he was Davin, like sometimes it would take a while for him to come back. You know, and so like why am I mentioning it is because there was some there was a maf share. I don't know how to say that in English. So enabler. Or we enabled that in a positive sense. Like there was room for that. So, and because there was room for that, so people could do that. So, like he could be inside because, in a sense, the show allowed him to be inside. Right, right, right. Right? Because, you know, in other shows, people would just take out their axes and kill them. So, I'm saying that. Sometimes, yeah. I see other shows. To be a place that's a mob share. Yeah. Was like what you, I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. That's. That's special. Yeah. Can we come back to Shabbat Shalom just so I can keep saying it without any guilt? Hmm. I think that Shalom in my mind obviously can mean goodbye or, or peace, but it also can be a greeting, like a hello. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should just all work on The problem is, is that I can't say Shabbat Shalom. Really? No, good, it's always going to be Shabbos? good Shabbos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I you do not, you cover for me. I, I've tried so often. <laughs> I worked so hard to go away from the Shabbos. I, I love the Shabbos. It's so funny. I worked so hard to go away from Shabbat Shalom. Wow. All right. Because, Bemet, it's so funny because to me, it's just the... I, I have a certain voice in my mind. Shabbat Shalom, I can't hear it. I can't, huh? It's so ingrained. It's like... But it's all shtuyot because what, what it does for me is the... Shabbat Shalom is Adon Olam. Good Shabbos is Adon Olam. Absolutely. <laughs> we got it, we got it. Let's sing that nigga again from the beginning, okay? The stolen one.
good shop. Shabbat shalom. Good shop. Good shop. I like it. All right, brothers. Good Shabbos. Oh, this is brand new. I, I got the Chavar Sunday. This, this is, Rav Ginsburg just started putting out a wonderful, beautiful uh, English uh, English pamphlet of his Torahs. This is very special. This is for everyone to take. Yeah. And if we have a big Shabbos by us. It's the Ishbitzer's Yorzeit this Shabbos. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of Ishbitz throughout the Shabbos this Shabbos. But that's the Shabbos.